The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. You're listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. It's time for a different take on spirituality for the modern world. Welcome to Big Universe with Jim Lefter. Why, hello there, and welcome to Big Universe on Unity Online Radio. I'm Jim Lefter. I'll be your host for today. Kind of a spiritual journeyman and media producer type guy. Run a website with online courses called youthrivehere.com. And I'm also at the Center for Spiritual Living Greater Baltimore. Uh, at cslgreaterbaltimore.org. Joining me today is my friend and co-host, spiritual rebel, Sarah Bowen. Sarah's the author of Spiritual Rebel, A Positively Addictive Guide to Finding Deeper Perspective and Higher Purpose. Hi, Sarah. How are you today? I'm giddy. You're giddy? What are you giddy about? Well, I'm really excited about today's speaker, so I'm giddy. It's a little different than what we usually talk about, and that makes me excited. Yes, giddy. I like that. That's a very fun word. And how are you doing, Jeff? Uh, Jim. <laughs> did you call me Jeff? I did. You called me Jeff. I don't know. I think I'm channeling someone else has arrived within your body today. I don't know about that, Jim. Well, well from now on, I'll be, you can call me Jeff. No, that's, let's that's not fine. do it. Let's not. Um, so let me ask you a question that's kind of related to today's topic, which is money. Happy money. Um, if you had won a million dollars in the lottery... What's one self-indulgent thing that you would do with it? Now, I know we would we would help people. We would help support organizations and causes we believe in. We'd help family and friends and that sort of thing. But I'm talking about something that's kind of self-indulgent that you would do. So I would buy a very, very large barn and I would fill it with cats. Fill it with cats? There are so many, so this kind of cheats because it's self-indulgent and it's got a caring aspect to it too, but there, there are so many amazing cats that need homes. So I would become that crazy cat lady who had a big barn and spent my days just hanging out with cats. Spend your days hanging out with cats. What would your husband say about this? Well, you know, as I say it, I don't think I could spend my whole day hanging out with cats, <laughs> but it would become my new morning spiritual practice. Yeah. Yeah. I think my husband would say, all right, Sarah, you can go to the barn on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, and then you got to come on home. There you go. Okay. I, I need something more self-indulgent. More self-indulgent. You know, for me, it's always travel, Jim. It's yeah. always travel. So it would probably be um, one of those trips where you go from the top of one continent to the bottom of another continent in an overland truck or something like that 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 would be it for me how about you very cool very cool 
You know what? I would get a condo by the beach. Oh, I didn't know you were a beach guy. Well, you know, I'm not a, it's strange. I really like being near the water and it it soothes me. It inspires me. You know, I I feel like it'd be very nice to have a condo at the beach. I I don't know that, uh, you know, for creativity and productive reasons, I'm sure I could justify it, but I just think that would be a fun thing to do. Well, I will stop by and see you at your condo on the beach on my overland trip in between working at my cat barn and hanging out with my husband. (laughs) That sounds like a plan. That sounds like a plan. Okay, so do you have a quote for today? I do. I was feeling abundant, so I actually have two quotes. Here's the first. Here's the first one. The generous heart gives freely. Do three generous acts per day. One with your money one with your time, and one with your caring. Ooh, that's nice. That's Alan Marinus in Everyday Holy Day. Hmm. And then my bonus quote for today. Bonus quote, bonus bonus quote. quote (laughs) Is happy money makes people smile and feel loved and cared for deeply. It is in many ways an active form of love. Hmm. And that's that's our guest today. That's Ken Honda. Probably tipped you off there with the happy money. But I did kind of get that sense, yes. But I did think these these quotes went well together today, so I double dipped. Well, I think that's perfectly good, and you are abundant, as as are we all. So my quote today is: "Love floods our nervous system with positive energy, making us far more attractive to prospective employers, clients, and creative partners." Love leads us to act with impeccability, integrity, and excellence. Those things are the opposite of a poverty consciousness. They're the stuff of spiritual wealth creation. Oh, who's that? That is Marianne Williamson. You know, I was getting a hit of that, but I didn't want to presume. I love, well, I love, pun intended. You know, when I was a kid, the the word love meant something much different than it does as an adult. Has it evolved for you as well? Yeah, I guess it has, you know, you put different connotations to things um, as you get older and relationships. So we're going to learn more about happy money today. Uh, But first, let's go ahead and jump into the episode. You ready? Let's do it. All right, let's jump into it, Susan. (laughs) Hi, friends, it's Martha Creek. This these segments, the last few segments, I hope you'll find them are on resiliency. My favorite part of the human being, that we have a capacity, an innate capacity to grow, to grow through things, to grow through challenges, to innovate. And this segment today is dedicated to taking care of ourselves. And there's billion-dollar industry built on self-care. So (laughs) only you know what that is. My caution about it is, as I look at it again myself, is to know that what is caring for me is not caring for others. So caring for me, maybe setting aside a movie I had planned to watch and reaching out to people that I know that are right now currently, as I record this, that's with their mother, that this is her last week to live. So others would say, take time off, shut it down, you know, don't call people, don't be a minister. And I'm like, that's not taking care of me. So if that's on my mind and on my heart, then it is caring for me to just quickly send off a prayer for them or a little love note or a picture of us together reminiscing of the times we had to give heartfelt expressions of her life and what she means to me. 
So only you know what that is for you. It could be a, a chance to say, I do have to shut down. I've got to not call. I've got to not be available. I've got to go on do not disturb for an hour or an afternoon or whatever it is. I need to unplug from the technology. A friend was telling me she was teaching a class and encouraging and inspiring people in the, in the vein of not having electronics in the bedroom and she wasn't doing it herself. So she realized she was out of integrity to be coaching that and promoting that and somehow. So she stopped taking her telephone in the bedroom with her and she slept for nine straight hours. And it was the first time that she had done that in years. And the next night she didn't do it and she slept another nine hours. So she was really in touch with something that was caring for herself. So it wasn't just a theory of caring for herself. So give it a go and see. You know, um, and uh, Ariana Huffington in the Huffington um, Post wrote that she found herself one time, she, she collapsed at her own desk, fell asleep at her own desk working and woke up in blood that her head was bleeding. And that was a wake up call for her to say, I've got to make some change. So she stopped using the electronics. She also put in a rest period at work at her foundation, at her corporation where people could go and take a time of rest, a time of sleep even, or to meditate um, for resiliency. So whatever those healthier habits are, it could be something to do with how you're eating, what you're eating, how much, uh, water, uh, sleep. It could be electronic. So only you know what it is. And it also then goes to serve a long way in the vein of sustainability, resilience, longevity. And you know, folks, frankly, just having an easier, easier life and a more fulfilled life. So God bless you. And as you're serving, and if there's a way I can bolster you up or be of any support whatsoever, that is my mission to serve those who serve, to get empowered teachings to the whole of the planet. So be it. Till we meet again, resiliency. Hi, everybody. My name is Ed Biagiotti, and I am the co-host of Funniest Thing with Daryl and Ed right here on Unity Online Radio. It's my pleasure to be with you today to talk about money, happiness, prosperity. It is such an important part of our lives to feel prosperous in terms of living this way, living by these spiritual principles. At the very least, it will evoke a feeling of prosperity, a feeling of well-being, a feeling, an, an awareness of the truth that our source is infinite and limitless. So any ideas that I'm holding on to that do not coincide, that they are not congruent with a limitless, loving, kind, generous, abundant source of life, God, our Father, our Mother, any thoughts that don't align with that will inherently feel bad. And then when they feel bad, I either have the opportunity to let them go through self-forgiveness, through affirmation, through visualization, or if I hold on to them, it doesn't, it's not like they stay in the same place. The feeling will get progressively worse. To he who has more shall be given. Whether it's a good belief or a bad feeling belief, whether it's an accurate belief, a true belief, meaning it, it really sets us on fire with joy and possibility, or if it's the type of belief that has us believing we're not good enough, or we can never do that, or we can never have that. Whatever it is, 
they gain momentum. They don't just stay in one place. So in a way, the universe has made it easy for us to know where we stand when it comes to prosperity and money. One of the things that I've learned, I heard, heard it from Mike Dooley to Reverend Ike. Those are a couple of the people that uh, Abraham Hicks, uh, Eric Butterworth. One of the things that has helped me tremendously and really transformed my relationship with money, with money and, 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 and turned it into something that's actually a place of happiness for me is visualization. Taking the time to create an image in your mind of a prosperous setting where maybe you go to the bank every day and you deposit a certain amount of money every day in your mind and you watch your bank account grow or you have a set amount of money or a certain amount of money that you just affirm is in your checking account and is in your banking account, uh, in your, excuse me, in your um, savings account. And you affirm this regularly. And these ideas should be the kind that might seem outlandish from where you stand now, but that create this outlandish sense of wonder, prosperity, and fulfillment. In fact, a teacher friend of mine, Caroline Wallace, was the one who recommended that I do this type of visualization process. After I had heard it recommended so many times, she sort of gave me that extra nudge. And I started doing it. I started, I started by simply imagining how great it would feel if I had a $2,000 check to deposit in my bank account right now. And I would spend just eight minutes imagining how good that would feel. Lo and behold, a couple years later, my finances have totally turned around. My visualizations have grown into much more outlandish ideas. And things just keep getting better and better. So that's my two cents on money, prosperity, and happiness. Have a great day. And enjoy the rest of your time on Big Universe. And now it's time for our interview. Money and happiness expert Ken Honda is a best-selling self-development author in Japan, with book sales surpassing 7 million copies since 2001. His latest book is called Happy Money, The Japanese Art of Making Peace with Your Money. Ken's financial expertise comes from owning and managing several businesses, including an accounting company, a management consulting firm, and a venture capital corporation. His writings bridge the topics of finance and self-help, focusing on creating and generating personal wealth and happiness through deeper self-honesty. Ken, thank you so much for joining us. I personally loved your book, and I, I have to tell you, I love it better than Sarah did. So. <laughs> We're having a competition, listeners, about this. We both adored Ken's book. Thank you so much, Jim and Sarah, for your invitation. I'm so happy to be here. I'm on the other side of the planet, but thanks to this technology, I feel like I can almost touch you on my screen. Well, we don't have that quite that technology yet, but Sarah and I are working on that. So just give us a little time and we'll, we'll be able to actually shake hands <laughs> over the internet, okay? Oh, thank you. Well, let's let's go ahead and start with the basics, if that's all right with you. Um, of course. Your book is called Happy Money. What is happy money? Now, happy money is money uh, when you receive it, you know it because you feel very warm. It's like uh, um, uh, your grandparents send you a, a, a dollar bill uh, in, in the envelope of happy birthday card. It's not uh, the matter of how much um, you get. It's just a feeling. You feel so happy when you receive it. And when you spend it, also gives you joy. So when you spend 
money at the restaurant. If the service is good, the food is good and reasonable, and you had a good time, you say thank you. That's happy money. But on the contrary, if you receive money with a, ooh, you know, I, I deserve more, and when you feel frustrated when you pay bills, that's unhappy money. I see. So、um, your relationship with money, you, you、mm-hmm. talk about in the book that it's either, it's often either one of love or fear. What do you mean、yes. by that? Unfortunately, 95 or maybe more percent of us are feeling fear and frustration when you think of money. And only a few percent of people are very happy with money.、Uh, they treat money as almost like their best friend. But unfortunately, as much as we want and we love money, we are afraid of money. So that means we are afraid of making money,、uh, or we are afraid of making、uh, too little or too big, or we are afraid of spending too much. Uh, we feel stress either way, money coming in and going out. So、uh, we feel so much stress and fear on money. And、uh, my mission is to heal the money wounds that everybody has, including myself. It's really interesting that you talk about this because p- losing your peace of mind about money is really pretty strong in a, in a, in a lot of people. I know I've, I've had that experience.、Mm-hmm. Um, what. How do you determine what money means to yourself? Or how do you, what kind of things do you do to figure that out? Jim, you, that's a very a great and also deep question. I have interviewed many millionaires, billionaires, and、uh, regular people on money because I have written over 100 books on money and happiness. And what I found out is money can be a、uh, chameleon, it can be so many different things. So, I always ask、uh, my fun question when I talk to thousands of people、uh, if money were, was a person, who would it be? Would it be a hard, uh, uh, mean, cold、uh, person? Or would, would that be a loving, friendly person? And、uh, it, uh, it's up to your upbringing. It's how、uh, you're brought up in your family. If your parents are strict with money, or lazy with money, or angry with money, You sort of inherit part of it, or you pushed away your parents' tradition. But when I have interviewed,、um, I have interviewed so many people, and I look at,、uh, I always ask my clients to look at three generations, including your grandparents, your parents, and yourself, and your siblings. And then you kind of know what money bl- blueprint you have.、Mm-hmm. And most of us don't have a happy money blueprint. So we are very careful with money. But we always make stupid mistakes and then we regret, regret, regret it. And then we blame ourselves. Sometimes we blame our partners. We blame our children, parents, friends, or co workers for making bad decisions around money. We've never been praised. Wow, that was a beautiful decision. <laughs> I think we're highly more likely to be criticized more on money than anything else. Well, that is definitely true. So, you know, a lot of people are afraid they're not going to have enough money.、Mm-hmm. And,、um, you know, that the sense of scarcity. Yes.、Um, how do you start to heal that side of things? So, I want you to、uh, go back、uh, to your childhood, not as, a, not as a therapy, but just remember a few things. For example, I was denied a、uh, um, homestay in Los Angeles and、uh, Sydney in Australia when I was 16. Uh, my parents said, no, you can't go. And,、uh, I knew they had money, but it,、uh, they said it's not worth it. You know, you,、uh, my father was a ta- tax accountant, 
So he said, tax accountant doesn't need to speak English, which is right. <laughs> and then he said, you know, just, just waste of money. So I, I was dying to go there because English, fast, uh, you know, America is uh, uh, my hero countries. I wanted to live there even just for two weeks. But my, um, my short-lived uh, dream was denied because of money. It wasn't worth it. It, worth, it was worth millions of dollars for me. I want to pay, you know, for, for myself when I was 17, but um, I had no money, so I, I had to struggle. So I, I still remember a day when I cried when my friends flew to L.A. and I just tore down the, the brochures of homestay program dream homestay program in LA <laughs> still so when I have, whenever I land in LA like I feel like uh you know so every one of us has that kind of uh, bad experience and then I try to heal myself and uh, by understanding my pain my despair and my anger and at the same time I try to sympathize what happened within my father's heart and he was alcoholic so he, he didn't have the ability to feel his son. And if, you were, if we were healthy in many ways, you want to make your son's, uh, son's dream come true. But he didn't have the capacity. And my mother was a codependent, so she followed whatever her husband said, yes or no. So she, of course she wanted me to be happy, but uh, so she knew I was devastated. But she didn't do anything. Mm. That also hurt me too. So uh, a lot of money issues or family issues, and we still carry the pain. We're just trying to struggle. And then uh, we're struggling with money. And then this money scars are increasing and, um, because we, we don't know how to heal. So understanding what happened when you're a child and also growing up and maybe now, we have to acknowledge that it's bleeding in our heart around money. So uh, that is the first step that we can take. Wow, that's a powerful step. You know, it's it's so important and it's it's challenging to a lot of us, you know, to actually look yes. at, at the heart of of what comes came of your money blueprint, as you say. Yes. And uh, the other tricky thing, uh, Sarah, Jim, is uh, money brings a lot of emotions. It brings shame. It, it brings anger. It brings resentment. Uh, it, it's interesting because it's a little different culturally. Uh, talking about money is uh, a, a big taboo everywhere, but it seems like in North America it's more taboo than in Japan. So, uh, yeah, like our classmates can talk about how much money did you make last year, like a friendly conversation. But in North America, like, <laughs> no, uh, we wouldn't know, do that. <laughs> letting, letting your best friends know how much you make is almost like. You know, letting him know that I'm I'm actually from Mars. You know, <laughs> so uh, but a sexual thing is more taboo in Japan. Like uh, I think North American people are more open to talking about sex rather than money. So I think money is a, such a big taboo, and I think it's same as goes in Europe and China and Africa and India and Arabic countries. So it's it it's so uh, tricky because it brings a lot of shame, embarrassment, and uh, bad feelings. And I haven't met uh, many people who have who are so super happy with money and no shame at all. You know, uh, a lot of people feel shame around money, and also wealthy people uh, feel guilt around money. So that's another tricky part. But for lots of us, we have to start uh, dealing with uh, uh, more shame. 
I think what I noticed when we reading your book, Ken, mm -hmm. was that I often think of money as something that is a thing. It's yes. a thing you touch. It's a, even digital currency, but it's a, mm -hmm. it's a thing. And and what I was really struck by is this idea of emotion or that money affects our peace of mind. Yes. Can you talk a little bit about that? Money uh, challenges your core issues. Uh, it could be uh, your partnership, it could be your self-value, and it could be your trust in the future. A lot of people worry about money, but they're not worried about money. They're worried about uh, their future. So if you have complete trust in life, you have no worries about money because you know somebody else, so your friends, your family members, or co-workers, your boss will help you. But um, in a country like in North America and other, even industrialist countries, if they don't have a social, good social uh, security system, um, you have so many things to worry about, your medical bills and so, uh, uh, unemployment benefits. And then um, you cannot completely trust your future or trust anybody. That's why you, have to, you feel like, I have to have some money for security. And that um, brings a lot of uh, scarcity mindset in you. So the more you save, the more, you, more insecure you feel. Mm. Even if you save $100,000, you feel it's not enough, maybe 500000 maybe $1 million. And how much is enough is a question I want to ask you as well. Well, I can tell you that $46 million um, is exactly the number that's enough for me. Mm -hmm. Where did you I, get that? I just pulled it out. <laughs> I just pulled it out of the air. I don't know. Yeah, but, but the funny thing is if you have, say, I think 500,000 is enough. But when you start making enough or good money, mm -hmm. all your friends uh, around you are making far more money. Interesting. So you're just getting used to a new barbecue set, you know, or like a new jacuzzi set, <laughs> or whatever that is, it's more costly. So you thought uh, 500,000 is enough. And by the time you just have five, five, $500,000, you think, oh, definitely I need $1 million. And then, you know, this is so uh, enticing. So this, uh, my, my mentor, Wahei Takeda, who's called Warren Buffett of Japan, he said, don't tame a money monster pet in your house hmm. because that little guy grows on your greed and want it more. So if you feed uh, the monster, they, they go big and then they grow big. The bigger they get, the more money they want and said, I want a new couch. I want a new TV set. So the more uh, money, uh, more bait you just feed your money monster pet, they grow. So I'm, I know you, you know, some uh, wealthy people who want like, okay, I want a private jet. And then after they get a private jet, they want a bigger jet. <laughs> so, you know, there's no end. <laughs> and then Jim will want $48 million. Exactly. <laughs> yes. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. Yeah, so we have to know uh, when is enough. Well, we'll be talking more a little bit after our break, and we will not feed our money monsters after that. We'll be right back on Big Universe on Unity Online Radio. Thanks for joining us. This is Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. 
Welcome back to a slightly off-kilter look at spirituality. This is Big Universe with Jim Lefter. Welcome back to Big Universe on Unity Online Radio. We're talking with Ken Honda. Ken, so let's talk about Morrow Up. What does yes. that mean? So Morrow Up was a word that my mentor, Wahei Takeda, um, who passed away a few years ago, he made his fortune by selling cookies, and he was the most famous investor. He's called Warren Buffett of Japan. And he said, uh, I, I had an opportunity, uh, uh, I had the honor to ask him a private question. You know, I had a few minutes with him personally. What would you ask Warren Buffett if you have just a couple minutes with him? Probably you want to ask, how can I, how can I get wealthy? You know, yes, how can I get yes, more money? Yes. And he said, model up. <laughs> like wh what is it? And he said, uh, <laughs> "Model up," meaning uh, if you uh, if you open your heart more and share your heart, money will flow in. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I didn't get that. His teaching was very Zen. Mm -hmm. And later, I just found out op by opening your heart, you can be connected to your partner, your family members, your customers, your clients, and then you have a better relationship with people. Mm. And good relationship always brings you uh, great opportunities, happy feelings. That's what he meant. And later he told me, arigato in, arigato out. That means when money comes in, you say arigato or thank you. And when, when you spend money, when you say goodbye to money, also arigato. So maro up is a word for sincerity in Japanese. So if you uh, if you're raise your vibration and become a happier person, you'll be more liked. So think of two florists, for example. One with happy smile, she loves flowers, and then she loves uh, doing what she does. And the other one is hired for the job. You know, he doesn't look so excited. You know, he doesn't like, he doesn't care about flowers. Which florist do you go to? Yeah. So happy people, florist. <laughs> with an open heart. So um, if you open your heart and get connected with people and show, uh, share who you are, and uh, you'll be prosperous. That's his message. And I think it's so true. So how do you become more magnetic? You know, we, we say we want to be magnetic and, and uh -huh. become a money magnet. How do you do that? As I know that's a very simple question, but no, not a simple question at all. <laughs> Jimmy, you always ask the right question. Sorry, too. <laughs> Thank you. I'm very I'm, I'm enjoying this very much. So um, uh, attracting more money, it's very simple. Um, uh, serving people more uh, in numbers and in quality. So if you share uh, who you are, if you are a florist, just you know, just uh, beam with love. So they are attracted. I, I know a few florists like that. Uh, uh, people, you know, customers, they, they come in and they, they're not there to buy uh, flowers. They, they just want to see grandmother's like loving energy. So like, you know, uh, she, she, she comes in like, say hi hello kayako and then uh kind of they commute so and they probably uh come back and then on the way home uh she'll probably buy flowers but you know those people are uh abundant people so if you're coaches the same thing goes true because if you dedicate yourself on who you are and if you sincerely uh pray and wish for your clients happiness and success um their clients um um know you uh, and feel you. So if you really care for your customers and clients, um, the other side can feel 
the love and the care and excitement. Uh, when Steve Job, Jobs was alive and uh, when he was giving a presentation, everybody was super, super excited. You know, remember those tents in front of a no, uh, Apple store, people yes, yes. Like, stay three nights for the new iPhones. I know, that's crazy, isn't it? Yeah, because Steve Jobs has this knack of just getting everybody excited. But who make a line for Android, you know, Android phones for three <laughs> nights? I don't think many people do that because uh, Android phones don't have enough excitement. Hmm. But somehow Steve Jobs had this a magic formula of getting excited and and making people smile and and they're getting excited about um, uh, computers. So if you have this ability to make somebody excited with your service and products, you are at least financially uh, comfortable. And then uh, if you um, get excited more people, uh, you you can be a best-selling author, you can be a great musician, a successful coach, consultant, and business owner. So you talked a little, Ken, earlier about arigato in, arigato out. Yes. Can you talk about what is the role of, of gratitude and thankfulness it, in this? How, how is that related to energy and happiness and passion? Sarah, that is the best question I heard today. You're asking great questions. I stole uh, that one from Jim. <laughs> uh, you know, that is exactly the question why, why I I asked my mentor, Wahei Takeda, you know, arigato doesn't have to do with ROE and investment return. I was very frustrated. You know, of course, I think appreciation should be better, but, you know, it's not the key factor. And he said, by appreciating your money coming in and going out, you feel like you are in this universe of appreciation. So uh, once you feel like you're connected to this abundant universe, you cannot be poor because people will support you, people will love you, and people respect respect you and admire you because of who you are. It's not what you have done. And if you know like everybody will love you, accept you, and respect you, you know, you have this feeling like maybe it's almost impossible for me to fail. So, and you, you love your customers and clients, so you want to work harder for them, and then they'll feel the love and they, they come back as a customer. So by uh, sending lots of appreciation uh, and love, you're also uh, abundant financially too. Actually, I did a, a fun experiment. I divided my uh, accounting uh, clients for into two groups. One group, I brought very little, uh, something little like a herb tea, Japanese tea, a book to my clients. Not, nothing huge, not, not, it's not an expensive wine, but something little. And the other group, I didn't bring anything. And after six months, look how many refer referrals I got. The first group, I got so many referrals. And the second group, some. So I really uh, enjoyed the results by giving something little. But it's not the uh, gift uh, that were motivated. It's the appreciation for the business and the relationship I had with them. So they wanted to show their appreciation back to me by referring to their friends and, and, and uh, their clients. So if you show appreciation to your partner, they'll appreciate you back. If you show your appreciation to your kids and uh, parents and co-workers, they appreciate you back. You know, it's hard to hate somebody when they appreciate you. So, so 
and the same goes uh, true with partnership. When we are fighting, uh, you know, with my wife, and if uh, one of us appreci starts appreciating, you know, we cannot be upset. Ah, let me, don't steal my chance. I want to be upset with you more, but you start appreciating, so I have to appreciate you back. So, you know, it kind of like <laughs> melts that uh, fighting energy too. Yeah. So, uh, and what's beautiful about it is one person can start. So it can be you. So that's why I'm doing this. You know, if you start appreciating money first and then life, you know, your life will be totally transformed. So I think, Sarah, uh, gratitude plays a very, very important role in inviting happy money to your life. I have to say, Ken, that I've, I've taken this to heart after reading your book. And today I had to pay a very large tax bill that I didn't right. really, I didn't want to pay, right, until uh -huh. I had read your book. And then I said to my husband, I'm so happy. I just paid the IRS. Mm -hmm. And he looked at me and he said, what? And I said, well, it was a large bill, so I expect they're quite happy. <laughs> and just to, just that feeling for me, although it mm -hmm. felt a little silly, it felt mm -hmm. a little awkward, mm -hmm. it felt new to be happy about money going out in, in large amounts. But there was a, a shift inside of me where I, I didn't feel bothered. It's just an energy. So it doesn't really matter how much you make or how much you have. It's just about the, the air you feel. So if you feel the air is so beautiful with $10, that's happy money. Mm. And if you feel frustrated with $10 million, that's unhappy money. So, but you know what, uh, in terms of taxes, I asked the same question to Wahe. I understand, I can, I can appreciate people who give massage therapy or good service at the restaurant, but you know, look what our government is doing. They're just wasting so much money just you know on weapons and roads and stuff like that. And Wahe said, uh, do you think you can evade taxes? I said, no. If you, if you have no choice, what would you do? Do with frustrated feeling or appreciate with appreciation and then look on the brighter side your tax dollars are going into helping nurses school teachers police people uh, and care and then right now it's a care uh, essential care workers uh, you're helping a lot of people so uh, just uh, why don't you set up set up a goal if you are uh, uh, supporting 10% of somebody's um, you know, care workers income that's great but maybe with your high taxes you can hire one person, maybe two people, three people. Wouldn't that be a great feeling? I'm, I'm just supporting hundreds of people with my tax money. So I wake up every morning just imagining what a great contribution I can make with the government taxes. And uh, this is a line I always remember. He said, uh, the government is helping you to do a great job for them. So. After that, I just uh, pay taxes with a big smile on my face, and I, uh, my, my numbers are increasing. So I started paying one person, now hundreds of people, uh, under my payroll in a sense, right? So I'm so honored that I can support so many people, uh, great people, uh, who are under government employee uh, employment program. So just you know, increase tax bills is a blessing because that means you made more money. So the more you can give, the more you receive. So if you can pay taxes with a big smile, your income will shoot high. 
Wonderful. Wonderful. So congratulations, Sarah. <laughs> Thank you, Ken. Thanks for reframing that for all of us right here around tax day. <laughs> definitely. Definitely. So you, you both talk, hit on this uh, idea of the, the flow of money. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm curious, how did you learn to trust the flow of money, trust the money flow? That's another beautiful question, Jim. Uh, I have to keep notes about these questions uh, <laughs> because it makes people wonder and start thinking, what is it that I, I can enjoy and what is it that I don't enjoy? So um, trusting is a big thing. I teach money EQ, that is uh, a receive well and appreciate and trust and share. There are four principles you can learn uh, that uh, online uh, from my um, web. But trusting is a big deal because we have a hard time trusting. Uh, trusting is an interesting thing. Um, for example, uh, one time I, I asked uh, this person, do you trust life? And she said, I think I trust life 95%. And I said, oh, uh, unfortunately, I have to bring you bad news. 95% trust is 0%. Mm. Because pre- uh, trust is like pregnancy. You are either pregnant <laughs> or not. <laughs> if you are 99% uh, trusting, <clears throat> that means it's 0. Mm. Same goes with passion too. If you don't have 100% passion, you can't go through. So trusting is a tricky part. But if you know how to trust, you're in heaven. Um, So uh, trusting is something you grow from 10% and 15%. But with just one little thing, it goes down to zero. So uh, it's it's interesting. It's almost like a muscle. And what is a great way of doing it is uh, start having greater friends. So I have no worries about losing uh, everything I have. I have a lot of money and I have enough financial um, background. But if something goes wrong and if I lose ev- anything, I have a lot of friends who can support me. So one time uh, at the lecture, I asked people, how many people will let me stay for one week? And I saw a lot of friends uh, go up, uh, hands go up. And I counted uh, there are more than uh, 50 uh, fr- uh, friends and then I just figured hmm so if I can stay one week per person and I have f- more than 50 people that means I can get to spend one year for no money and after one year I can come back to friend number one and say hey it's been a year can I stay with you <laughs> for another week so I'm financially forever so if you have enough great friends who can support you even for one week or two weeks or maybe a month you don't have to worry about money for the rest of your life. So bank, uh, don't trust bank account because you know something goes wrong with the economy. But if you have uh, enough people who care about you and who will not let you down, that is a true security. And what a great feeling every night. Uh, if I lose everything, I just um, think a few friends uh, who love me dearly, my family members too, and then I can go to sleep very well. So don't don't try to try, depend on your bank account for security. So uh, fostering trust uh, is an interesting step. And I, I hope you start thinking, do, how much trust do I have? 30%, 40%, 98%. Hmm. Well, I have to tell you that Ken, Sarah and I are both booking our flights to Japan and we're going to stay with you for a week. So 
you know, just so you know. I have many rooms in my I room. did see him raise his hand, actually. So <laughs> we, we took that as an invitation. <laughs> yes. So, you know, and it's so fun. If we are so you know, relaxable, uh, flexible and relaxed about money and uh, situation, we can help one another. With this COVID thing, mm -hmm. if wealthy people just say, okay, why don't we share 1% uh, of what I have? The whole problem on this planet will be solved. Mm. So uh, I'm just asking listeners, if you uh, feel like you have more than enough, please start sharing. It, it doesn't, you don't have to be a billionaire to start sharing. So if you start sharing um, whatever you have, could be a dollar, could be a hundred dollars, could be a hundred thousand dollars, start giving, uh, sharing what you have. And don't wait till you become billionaires. You know, I, uh, I asked many billionaires and millionaires, they started early um this habit of sharing what they have so uh, i hope you um you take a little risk it, it, it takes a little courage to start sharing uh uh one hundred dollars or a thousand dollars or even one hundred thousand dollars if you start sharing what you have uh, more income more money will come to you uh, that's why his um teaching for me so the more you share the more will come back that is happy money's flow and and just you know for um for fun of it just start sharing one dollar and then see what happens well that's that's great i, I i'm curious i want to just bring in real quick uh the mm -hmm. give gifluencer uh yes. movement and network um that uh that nikki and john are involved with and uh i wondered if you could talk a little bit uh a little bit about that nikki shadro schneider and john david schneider uh-huh. So they're so great. They're just caring uh, homeless people. They have four beautiful kids, but uh, I don't know how much energy they have uh, because they're, they're so much um, uh, full of love and giving. So um, we are starting a global movement uh, who share this joy of giving. So by giving, we can influence uh, people. So you don't have to be, once again, a billionaire, a millionaire. Uh, by just sharing what we have, it gives you a lot of joy too. So uh, by by giving, you can uh, influence other people. So you don't have to influence, influence millions of people. You can influence yourself and a few others around you. And if all of us start doing it like paid forward, I think we can definitely change or shift the planet uh, consciousness. So that's what I uh, believe. And then uh, we're just uh, helping people uh, sharing this idea. So um, I'm so excited to do that with Nikki and John and others. Um, they're on the way. Wonderful. Wonderful. So uh, you talk about the difference between money IQ and uh -huh. money EQ. Can you talk yes. a little bit about that? My father's a, a successful tax accountant. So he started, started to teach me when I was six or seven. He used to take me to shopping mall. And he asked me a question like, which stores make most money? And say, so I said, okay, it's a fish place because a lot of people are there. And uh, he started teaching me on money IQ, which is uh, very important too. Uh, but uh, as I was uh, working with um, a lot of millionaires, I realized all the financially in intelligent people make very stupid mistakes emotionally and they end up losing everything. So. I thought maybe there's more to um, money than money IQ. 
and I call it money EQ, emotional intelligence. So if you have a healthier relationship with money, uh, you make a happier decision, and we don't make a decision based on greed. So you need to have uh, money IQ and money EQ to be a happy a whole person. So if you have high IQ and, and low money EQ, it's a, uh, it's an old man in Scrooge, you know, yeah. maybe wealthy, <laughs> but you're not happy. Right. And if you're happy, but no money IQ, you're just a happy uh, hippie person in the street. So <laughs> uh, if you have both, you can be both abundant and sharing and full of love. So you need to raise both IQ and EQ is what I teach. I have impacted millions of people in Japan, and I'm starting to teach people uh, in English and in Chinese. So I'm so excited to share this information because if you understand more about money EQ, you understand a better flow of good energy. It's almost like you open the windows and inviting a nice breeze uh, because we're suffocating with a, a scarcity mindset. And so every day we, we, we wake up to this scary world and then we go to sleep wondering what's going to happen the next day. But instead, even though you're in the same situation, if you change uh, uh, um, uh, um, your perspectives on life and start shifting toward appreciation more, the whole thing will look so different. People will react to you nicely and you'll be amazed how many people uh, will be nice and kind to you. I believe in people's kindness in, the, in this age of chaos. And the more um, focus on people's kindness, abundance, generosity, uh, the more you see it and the more you're going to experience it. So I hope you're going to shift your consciousness into more uh, prosperity and, and, and generosity because uh, our world is full of uh, generosity and love too. And so just it, it's up to you which, uh, which world we focus on. There are both sides to the world. And you talk about container size, finding uh -huh. the right one that fits you. What, what, what does that mean? As I interviewed so many people, I realized there are certain um, characteristics in peop uh, rich people's life and also regular people's life. And I think uh, the difference is the size of a money container. I realized that certain people have are uh, born with a big container like Bill Gates, Warren Buffett. Those people were born to do a lot of things. And, and then for, uh, like say my friend, uh, who lives in uh, his little organic farm a few hundred kilometers out of, out of Tokyo. Uh, he has no electricity, he burns woods, and he grows organic food. He makes probably like $2,000 a year. You know, he needs to buy bandages and, and a little thing. And so he, he doesn't make money. So his container is small, but uh, doesn't really matter uh, the size of your money container. Uh, but uh, we are born with certain container, some small, some some big. So if you're trying to make it too big, too fast, uh, you're going to get a crack. So you have to respect the size of your money container. And by receiving uh, more and giving more, your money container grows. But don't, for example, don't grow your business too fast because it's going to crack your company's money container. So uh, in a, also an individual too. I'm a little worried about what's going on in the world because all the stocks and bitcoins are going so high. So I'm, I'm sure a lot of people will 
experienced a shift and a crack in the money container. Mm. Um, so if that happens, your life will be miserable for a little while. And then you have to mend it. <laughs> and then you have to start over. So just uh, appreciate uh, your money size now. So don't make it too big in two days. Uh, it's going to grow, but not in three days. So mm. it's almost like uh, planting a seed. You know, don't you don't pull out the seed, you know, just grow fast. It right. doesn't work that way. <laughs> right. What's one tool or piece of advice that you would give to our listeners to improve their relationship to money? Just just one nugget that you would give them. I'd say arigato in arigato out. When you receive money next time, say thank you. Danke or merci or uh, whatever that is gracias whatever the language you want to if you do it with a uh, you know foreign language it's kind of neat so <laughs> i always say thank you or like danke in other other language you know so you can use arigato and also when you uh, spend money uh tax tax bills arigato tax government you know irs you're helping me help people so if you just uh, say arigato danke in a foreign language it's kind of like fun and cute and cool so start doing appreciating money and that is the first step and then please see how you feel you kind of feel more playful you know before you're frustrated with the bill but now like oh danke danke my money you know <laughs> when you pay for the tax bills it's fun so try that absolutely well thank you so much ken for joining us it's been really great having you on big universe thank you jim and sarah it's what a great way to start my day well, Arigato, thanks. Ken. Arigato, yes. Arigato, thank you so much. And, and listeners, please be happy. I'm just wishing you all happiness and great life. Thank you. For more information about Ken Honda, please go to KenHonda.com. For more great information about Sarah Bowen, go to Spiritual-Rebel.com. I've got some premium video courses and help to create them on my website called YouThriveHere.com. Thanks, listeners. I'm Jim Lefter with Sarah Bowen, and we'll talk with you next time on Big Universe on Unity Online Radio. Thanks for listening. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. We spend a third of our lives sleeping and dreaming, yet most of us have no idea what goes on during that time. I'm Kelly Sullivan Walden, and as a dream expert and best-selling author, I'm here to empower you to mine the gold from your nighttime dreams. Join me on the Kelly Sullivan Walden Show, part of the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network, available wherever you get your podcasts. Until we meet again, don't take your dreams lying down.